This is Magnolia Leadership Podcast, heart, soul, and earth aligned. I'm Katherine Miller, a holistic practitioner of 30 years and your host. Join me as we discuss what it means to lead from the sacred feminine. Magnolia Leadership is here to guide you home, remind you of your courage, awaken your deepest knowing, revealing your fullest expression, and supporting your beautiful blossoming. Welcome in. I'm always inspired by my friend Nina, and this conversation is no exception. I'm thrilled to share this with you. Today, I'm speaking with my fabulous friend, Nina Mallison, who has worked with women for the past 25 years to find peace within their bodies. It's juicy. Some topics we discuss are what embodiment looks like and feels like, ways in which culture has pulled us away from embracing our feminine intuition, leading from a place of embodiment, shifting from being an object to the subject of power within our own lives, building trust within ourselves to eat intuitively, the importance of asking our bodies, what do I feel? What do I need? What would nourish me? And reclaiming pleasure from within our own bodies. Let's get this started. Welcome in. So let's get into the heart. So I'm super excited to have you. We're launching this whole series, starting with the sacred feminine and what it means to be leading right now in this time as a woman. Okay. And to be aligned in our heart, our soul with the earth, with the divine goddess, whatever word you want to use. Right. And so that's what our conversation is about. And we can go in any direction that we want. I'm really interested, of course, in hearing from you about embodiment and about how important it is as women who want to lead for us to heal so that we're actually here. So that's really what I'm hoping that you can share. Um, So why don't we start there? Yeah. And that's exactly (laughs) when you said leadership, what kind of leadership? I was like, well, from my perspective, it's embodied leadership. Right. Can so, you give your definition of what that means and why it's important? So embodied leadership to me comes from a whole human perspective. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, this is my mind telling you what to do, or these are my feelings just guiding the whole process, mm-hmm. or this is how it looks, the superficial, the, the appearances. It's a whole person that's in a body and we're informed by all of our knowing because some of our knowing sure is what we know what we've learned what we perceive in our brain or in our feelings but also when we're in our body we're informed by our sensations and our sensations have all that information all that wisdom to give us right our our emotions start as a sensation. How do we know we're angry? We have that kind of in our in our buzzing of our cells in the pit of our stomach, the tightness in our shoulders that like, I am mounting something here, mm-hmm. right? How do we know we're relaxed? Our shoulders drop down, our belly softens, our voice just tends to dip. We're just in that place of like, oh, 
right? So having a full body experience being embodied gives us access to more of our power. Absolutely. And it gets tricky because in our culture, as women, we've been pulled out of that embodiment in a very, very specific way. Mm, and that so. is, yeah, yeah. So we've been pulled out of our body by being told that our body is not okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over again mm-hmm. in so many ways, mm-hmm. right? From a place of being objectified. Right. From the what I call the male gaze, but it's not just the male gaze. It's also competition within women, with women and men from, you know, being sexualized, from being neglected, you know, from being seen as a pawn in, in your family of origin. There's all sorts of ways that we become an object mm. instead of the subject mm-hmm. of our own life. Mm-hmm. And this is fundamental. Martin Buber talks about this in his, he's a philosopher mm-hmm. and he talks about this philosophy of I and thou and I and it, right? I and it is my relationship to that thing over there. And that's how the culture has perceived women mm-hmm. as this object. And it's how we started to perceive ourselves. And with that objectification, comes, oh, I should look a certain way. I should be a certain size. Mm. I should eat a certain way. I should move a certain way. Femininity looks a certain way. Mm -hmm. We're not allowed to age. We're not allowed to, you know, Mm -hmm. we're not allowed to evolve as, as women, right? When we shift into I and thou, that's a relationship that's based on connection, on relationship. Mm-hmm. And our culture, we can't wait for them to treat us that way because our culture has a $72 billion diet industry that's, Correct. that's right. not invested. The in machine it. is working, right? right? The machine is working, trying to get us to buy into it. So we can't wait until that stops. And we can't wait until that anti-aging industry, which is even more than $72 billion a year to stop. But what we can do is be in relationship with our own body in a subjective way, in a whole embodied way, in a relational way. So when we come to the table to lead, we're fully there. We're not keeping parts of us behind because we don't think it's good enough. So vulnerable. Even as you're talking, (laughs) my entire system, it's like it goes, since you started talking, I've moved from my head then I felt the feelings and then down into my belly. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I can feel our connection. Mm -hmm. And to me, the more embodied you are and the more embodied I am, the deeper we go, right? And the more powerful we are. And that to me is sacred feminine leadership. So the more of us that can get into these bodies and both of us have been working on this a long time, but it still takes you know, a lot of practice, awareness, cultivation, and a willingness to be just completely vulnerable. Because when we're in the body, to me, it's like anything can happen. Yeah. Anything can happen. It's like, you know, we could go anywhere when we're just embodied as women and it's fiery and it could be messy and it could be beautiful and it could be 
powerful and it could be brambly and it could be bloody and it could be flowery. <laughs> it's just it talking about the prescribed way versus all of the flavors that we have. Yeah. To bring. And Catherine, what you're talking about is so important, right? All these flavors, what you're saying is when we come into our body, we have to open ourselves both to pleasure and pain, right? Mm -hmm. We can't, it's not about like, mm -hmm. let me live in that middle ground where I don't feel anything very much, right? Mm. That sense when we come out of our head, into our feelings, into our belly, into our cells, into grounding, oh, well now I'm connected to all the stuff that's hard and mm. all the pleasure that's mm. available. But it's like that, that the continuum, you can't have one side without the other. You can't, if you choose to live in that middle safe place of, I don't have to feel much. I'm going to be appropriate. We cut off right. the power and we cut off the continuums. Oh no. Okay. I'm going to move towards pleasure. I want good things all the time, right? This is where we get into the toxic positive, right? right. Everything's going to yeah, be all, cheery. Like, the really extreme goddess culture, right? Where we're just right. wearing, wearing, I mean, I'm all for pretty dresses, but when that's the only focus <laughs> mm -hmm. and we're just in pleasure, then we're missing mm -hmm. the, the descended feminine, right? Right. And the heavy right. stuff and the shadow material. And, you know, I don't think our culture does a very good job of teaching us women or men how to actually be in the suffering and in no. the shadow material and in that descended, to me, like no. the descended place is so important, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So how, do, what it, how do you address that with your work? The Yeah. Well, I mean, because then you're also hitting trauma, ancestral trauma, personal trauma, family conditioning. So no <laughs> wonder women are popping right out of their bodies, right? Even those who it's want hard. to. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Right. It's hard to be in that. And I come from this place of working with women in their relationship with their food and body. So there's sort of a doorway that's there for me already because women are like, I don't understand. Why am I eating in secret? I don't understand. Why am I binge eating? I don't understand. Why am I, you know, feeling so ashamed of what I ate and planning the next diet every single night? So there's a doorway to go through. When they come to you, they're ready to cross the threshold somewhat, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. every day the obstacle is there. I feel bad. I feel shame. I don't like my body. I don't like the way that my conversation is going with the food that I just ate. I'm self-conscious every time I sit at a table with friends. What are they ordering? Maybe I should just have a salad, even though I'm really, really hungry, right? All of that. So there's mm -hmm. that's the thing about our unwanted eating behavior and our relationship with our body is that it is a doorway for us to walk into and go, okay, so there's discomfort in here. How do we get comfortable with discomfort? Mm. How do we sit in the, oh, I'm sitting here at a social table and everybody's having margaritas and chips and nachos. And I feel like I'm being bad. Well, what's going on here? Oh, I'm comparing. Well, what's happening? Can I just sit and feel, oh, what's coming up for me here is my less than, mm. right? My less than is coming up. Oh, that feels ugh, old, familiar, horrible. Yeah, the worthiness. Right. Mm. Now I'm sitting in the unworthiness, right? 
And how do I be at least vulnerable with myself to go to put my hand on my heart, treat myself with compassion in that moment, go, oh, my unworthiness is coming up. Mm. But you know what? I'm still a human being and human beings still deserve to eat. In -hmm. fact, they need to eat. So you know what? I get to eat at this meal. I'm not going to be the one sipping a glass of seltzer water going, no, no, I'm not hungry. I don't need anything. And nor am I going to be the one who goes, I'm going to eat everything in sight because I can't even cope with my feelings and then go Mm -hmm. home with shame. I'm actually going to stay in the vulnerability of, oh, I feel kind of unworthy in this moment. Ouch. So you're separating out, it sounds like the narrative from actually what the food choices are going to be. So they're, you're yeah. not using food with worthiness. Right. Okay. So you're, Absolutely. you're myth busting. You're just getting rid of that concept <laughs> that, yeah. our, that well, our, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That our food has something to do with our worthiness. It doesn't. Mm. Mm. It absolutely doesn't. What we eat doesn't make us good or bad. Okay. That's amazing. I just want to pause because I think a lot of people hearing this who may not have been exposed to your work or this kind of thinking, that's going to feel like an aha. So instead of let me tell a story. Okay. Yeah. Great. Perfect. Let me tell you a story. I've been doing this work for 30 years with women in their relationship with food and body. When I, and I started my journey of reclaiming my relationship with my body and food when I was in my teenage years. So I was 18 years old and I was in OA. I was desperately trying to figure out why I was so out of control with my food. So I was in Overeaters Anonymous Mm -hmm. and I had a young woman who was my sponsor. I didn't stay in OA very long. Just I'm not a proponent of OA. I think it's restrictive and um, actually promotes more disordered eating and eating disorders. But at that time, I was in the beginning of my journey and I was trying I was like holding on for dear life. And thankfully I had this wonderful sponsor, Susan, and I called her one day and I said, so, and I was living in New York city at the time. And I said, Susan, I ate a muffin. And she was like, okay. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. This is a muffin from Waverly square coffee shop. It's those big corn muffins, like the size of your head. And they cut it in half and they put butter on it and they put it in the grill. And she was like, okay. I was like, no, you don't understand. I ate the whole thing. And she was like, "Uh uh-huh. I was like, you're not getting this at all. And she was like, Nina, what exactly is in a muffin? I was like, I don't know. It was a corn muffin, corn, eggs, flour, some sugar. I don't know. Salt. She was like, "Uh uh-huh. And do those foods make you a good or bad person? Mm. And my whole mind was blown. My little 18-year-old brain just exploded because in my mind and in my experience, yes, food had moral judgment. Mm -hmm. If I ate the food, I was bad. If I didn't eat the food, then I was good. Food was tied to worthiness. Mm -hmm. Our worthiness is not connected to our food right? What's a positive way that somebody could reframe that? If they're thinking, okay, I've been tied to my food and worthiness. I've been Mm -hmm. putting those together. And Mm -hmm. I have believed my story has been that what I choose to eat and how I look and all of that determines my worth. So Mm -hmm. what's a, what's a way that you work with women to come out of that? What kind of mindset? Yeah. Could we work with? Yeah. Yeah. 
I actually, it's, it's interesting because I don't think of it as a mindset shift. Oh, okay. Again, I think of it as a body shift. Yeah. Tell me that. That's fascinating. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, you can try to mindset shift yourself and go, okay, you know what? I am worthy on my own, right? Food is out there. What I have found is way more powerful is to help women go, wait, what do I feel right now? What is my actual authentic embodied experience? Because what we're doing is giving the food the power to Mm. say what we are feeling. Now, maybe if I had eaten, you know, five of those muffins, I would be like, yeah, my authentic experience is my tummy hurts. Okay. And maybe even in that moment when I had, I don't remember exactly, but maybe it was like a really, really big muffin and so much better. It could be my authentic experience is my belly does hurt. This doesn't really feel good. Or it could be, wow, that felt so great. That was so the perfect thing for me in the moment. Mm -hmm. It made me feel so comforted and so good. Mm-hmm. let's come back to the physical experience because we've been trained that our relationship with our body and our food is all in our head. I'm good because I ate that. I'm good because I went to the gym. I wait a second. Mm. What does this feel like? Mm. What does it feel like? I'm imagining that would be a place of deep work for your clients. Is because, because you have to learn to trust your body. Yes. You have to learn how to feel safe in your body long enough. I mean, the whole safety piece, mm-hmm. right? Right. To receive the information. And then what yes. happens if I actually open up to my own experience? Yeah. Am I going to be safe? Can I trust it? Am I going to be out of control? Am I going to be right? All of that. Right. So then yeah. you're working. And that takes some time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It takes some time to be like, oh, this is an okay place to live. Because in the beginning, we're like, well, if I eat this, will I eat more and more and more? And so there is a time in this process where we have to really be, it's really becomes all the time, but we need to give ourselves full permission to eat. And the beginning of that process can be scary for some people. Wait, um, wait, Nina said I could eat everything. I'm like, permission to eat. Uh huh, And that's a very powerful concept that actually comes out of intuitive eating. This idea that we're like, yeah, now full permission to eat doesn't mean I'm going to eat everything. Mm-hmm. There's a there's difference, right? Full permission to eat when we're listening to our body is I could eat it. Um, I don't have to. Right. So I'll, I'll use an example. I love broccoli. Love it. Love it. Love it. Broccoli does not like me back. I love broccoli. Yeah. Except broccoli doesn't love me back. It really doesn't. It doesn't agree with me. Never. I'm at a Chinese restaurant. My favorite thing, broccoli with garlic sauce. Couldn't be more luscious to me. Okay. I have full permission if you want that, but how's that going to make me feel like, that's going to not go well with me. This is not a relationship. Broccoli, I love broccoli, but broccoli does not love me back. This is not a relationship. There's actually a mutual relationship going on here. Mm. So I have full permission to eat. You can have it if you want. Mm-hmm. But how's that going to be for me? 
right? Again, we're coming back. It comes back to leadership. My well, it puts body. you in a place of choice. I love that because exactly. it puts you in choice and choice is power. Always. Right on. Amazing. Absolutely. Mm. Right. We want to be in that place. That's what leadership is. Mm. I'm in my body and I get to choose from a place of feet on the ground, engaged in my belly, fully sensing all my experience. So what's my choice here? And how is it going to impact all of me, right? Just like a leader of any kind goes, okay, so there's a lot of choices here. How's this going to impact my community? How's this going to impact my family? How's this going to impact my organization? How's this going to impact all my cells, right? How do we stand in? I can feel this. I can feel into my own body. I can feel into my own belly. We're so already incredibly gifted as women feeling into our own family, right? Yeah. Feeling into other people. We're incredible right. empaths and connected right. to everybody. Let's bring it home. Not so great at the the doing it here, <laughs> although it is it is our birthright, right? We do it we is. are incredibly powerful in our feelings and in our body. But all of this disconnection has occurred, like what you said, the story about who yes. we are, the safety issue is another one that I hit up a lot with clients. You know, it's not safe yes. to be in this body, which is, of course, yep. real. I mean, there's there's a reality to that. Absolutely. But, you know. There's real reasons why it doesn't feel safe, right? Mm-hmm. When someone's going out to a big family event, right? Let's say Thanksgiving. And it's really hard for them to be present in their body and to make choices that work for their body. We unpack it. Well, I don't feel safe. The last time, you know, when I was a kid, when we sat at this table, I got judged for taking seconds of dessert. I got judged as soon as I walked in the house. Oh, you've gained weight, right? I got judged because of, you know, the grades I got or all the reasons right? Mm -hmm. Or literally I was aggressed or there was violence in this house or my boundaries were crossed in many, you know, violence or sexual ways. There's many, many, many reasons why we don't feel safe in our bodies, Mm -hmm. right? So as you were saying before, Catherine, that whole piece around how do we create it so that we can be safe in our own bodies, Mm -hmm. right? And the first thing is to go go, okay, I'm going to be in this situation. What's happening here? What do I feel? And that requires being in our body. And here's like a really like small, not super unsafe example, but very tangible. So whenever I would fly and travel and I would come back home, I would walk into my kitchen and start eating. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's up with that? Like, why am I suddenly eating. I like literally just ate on the plane or the airport or like, I'm not hungry, but I felt ungrounded. Literally Mm -hmm. I was in the air, Mm -hmm. right? It was a transition. Mm -hmm. So there's a part in transitions that often we feel like where's grounding, where's safe, where's home. Mm -hmm. So food is a way that we ground. Food is a way that we make ourselves often feel more safe in our own body. And so when I started to unpack that, and I was like, oh, this is my moment of transition. And I'm trying to get create safety and grounding in my body. Oh, well, what do I actually need? 
because mm. I'm defaulting okay. to how I used to support myself when I felt unsafe, right? When I was a teenager, I would come back from parties that were like so <laughs> thick with social interactions that were hard to navigate. And I'd come home and I'd be like, cheese and crackers, cheese and crackers, cheese and crackers, ice cream, right? Like I was trying to just <sighs> regulate my nervous system. So, so if you were when, in that moment and you say, what do I really need right now? Mm-hmm. So you're, what I hear you saying is there's an awareness component and there's all different kinds of ways to do that, but it it's aware in your body and then noticing these moments where you might be engaging in eating in a way that isn't really what you want to be choosing, or yeah. maybe, maybe it is, but you have to stop and ask the question, yeah. what do I need really need? And it might be that I need to eat or make a choice, you know, around eating, but maybe it's something else. Yeah. And that question, what do I need and what would nourish me now? Mm, Love that question. Incredibly powerful questions. What do I need? What would nourish me? What do I need? And what would nourish me now? And I love that one. And even before the, what do I need? What do I feel again in our body? What do I feel? Oh, I feel, uh, I don't know. Okay. I feel confused. Mm. Uh, I feel, okay. I feel out of my body, Mm. right? Even naming, I can't get in my body. I am out there, right? It's one of the things when I entertain, I'm like so focused on everybody and Mm -hmm. everybody else that I don't even bother to like I make a beautiful plate for myself. I put it for later because I'm not in my body. I'm in, what do you need? And this person's body and this person's experience and trying to be social. It's very hard for me to stay in my body in those situations. Mm. So then I make a choice to be like, you know what? What I need is to nourish myself later when I can. So being present present for myself. I mean, we're talking about the food choices. We're talking about this around food. Okay. Mm -hmm. Healing our relationship to our body through noticing our relationship to food and our choices. Yeah. And I'm seeing that that whole healing then would extend to everything, right? It's not just food. It's really about our body, Mm -hmm. our relationship to our body, right. And how we, how we move with that. Cause I can see it, you know, sexually showing up like in intimacy, you know, what's happening here. Am I connected to my body? How am I participating in this, you know, parenting, mothering, even, you know, where am I in this moment? Yes. Happening in my body. All my energy is going out. I'm exhausted. You know, let me reel it back in and just ask myself, you know, what am I actually feeling right now? I mean, I can just see the ripples. The ripples are tremendous. Yes, it is. And people think, oh, I have a problem with food and body. I have a body image problem and I have an eating problem that again, it's just the doorway. It's the doorway into all these other issues. It also becomes a container, the, the food issues, the unwanted eating behavior, the body hatred, the self-criticism in the mirror, the self-criticism when you're getting dressed in the morning becomes a container of, you know what? I've held it together for the kids. I'm just gonna, this is the only way I know how to take care of myself is to, you know, eat all the you know, leftover Halloween (laughs) candy because no one else is taking care of me. I don't feel taken care of. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, then I feel I get to be taken care of. Then I actually engage 
with my kids in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. Or I don't feel sexually fulfilled because while I'm having sex, I'm sucking in my tummy and I'm moving, you mm-hmm. know, this my partner's hand away from certain parts of my body that I'm self-conscious about or sort of adjusting myself so certain roles don't show, right? Oh, wait a second. If I can actually be like, yep, this is it. Here I am. <laughs> Here I am. Then, um, and Catherine, I don't, this takes us a little bit down that tangent, but we can go. Um, Let's go. <laughs> you know, right. You know that I, I write body poems. Yeah. So body piece poems. I write about women and their relationship with their food and their body. And I actually have written a poem specifically about like don't touch my belly oh can we have that one can you read it yes yes (laughs) I can thank you (laughs) um yeah Mm. absolutely I'm just trying to find it quick for you all right here we go it's called don't touch my belly okay and I'm just gonna say in all vulnerability this story like my poems often are autobiographical not always often they're they're often based also on my clients but this one 100 autobiographical <laughs> okay great so this is about me and my relationship mm. so it's called don't touch my belly we were in bed together touching all the places for delight but out of my mouth came don't touch my belly and i moved his hand away mm. away from the part of me that i thought was too big too much not flat enough not appealing my mind had been seduced into sensation, was suddenly trapped in self-criticism. Self-consciousness took me out of my body. I lost my own experience of aliveness. I lost connection to my mate, to the moment, to myself. Society's absurd ideals of what is sexy got into bed with me. I want to say, I now say, Get the hell out of my bed, out of my body. This pleasure is mine. This belly is mine. Mm. And then I put his hand on my belly because that's sexy too. Oh my goodness. Mm. So many feelings with that one. I'm really aware of just the grief of all that we lose in Allowing and also, you know, being on the receiving end of this patterning and conditioning, like just that one story, the loss of intimacy, the loss of pleasure, the loss of connection with the lover, you know, the loss of loving my body, all of that, Mm -hmm. that matters so much because we need the feminine. We need her. We, she is for me, the way that I, I mean, we need the masculine too. But there's been a deficit of the sacred feminine for all the reasons, right, that we know going way back. And now part of the healing of the earth, the people and our relationships and ourselves is to really rebalance the feminine, right? And so in this larger context, it's like we're losing our power Mm -hmm. to all the things that you just said. And so this is not a small thing to reclaim our pleasure. It is a huge thing, right? It is a huge thing. And like in the poem, I lost my experience of aliveness. I lost connection, right? 
that's what happens when we lose being in our body and when we lose pleasure. But the only way to access pleasure, whether it's sex, whether it's food, whether it's just intimacy, whether it's being with a girlfriend, whether it's tending to our gardens, the only way to have access to that is to be in our body, mm -hmm. right? There's when we're eating, right? There's that moment of like that first sort of like orgasmic bite, like, oh my God, this is so amazing. <laughs> yeah. But you stay with that, you know, box of bonbons long enough and it becomes like a little like, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's not, we're not as there. It's not speaking to us in that same engaged way. Mm -hmm. We want to stay there. You know, I have a colleague who calls it being awake at the plate which I love, Ooh. right? So that sense of being fully, mm, I am here with you, with mm. my body, with my food, with my flowers, with my, I'm here. And mm. when we do that, so much power. And that's what we need to lead. So tell me about your, it, it feels to me like you're creating a new paradigm as I listen to you and, you know, really take the time to hear what you're saying, what do you see coming out of this work? How would the world be different? What is your paradigm for women in their bodies? Yeah. And beyond. So, yeah. Yeah. So my vision is that when women feel true body peace, they are connected to their actual full power. Because when we're in body war, when we're in food struggles, we're, it's like basically having a leak in the gas tank all the time, right? Part of our brain is thinking about what should I eat? What did I eat? I don't like my body. Um, how do I pull my bed? Maybe I should get more spanks. Like all of that is exhausting and an energy drain. So when we have body peace, we're feeling more whole. We're feeling more connected and we're more powerful. And so my vision is that women have access to the incredible gifts that are their unique gifts, and they bring that into the world fully, and that that heals the world. Mm. That does the healing. We all have a unique gift to bring forward. But if we're wasting our time feeling bad about our mm. the number on the scale or what we just ate, ah, we're not it feels like a waste. Yes. So you're seeing empowered women bringing their impact, their gifts into mm -hmm. the world in a way that just feels authentic and beautiful. We shared the same vision. We're coming at it from different places, but yeah. So can you give us a feeling of, or a pointer to body peace? So if somebody's listening and they're hearing the word body peace, mm -hmm. it sounds good. Yeah. But what, what is that really? So body peace one way that's easier to understand is body war because we're a little too familiar with that one, right? So that's body just like war. the conflict and the struggle and the inner, yeah. inner turmoil around our bodies. Okay. Right. The constant, like, oh, I weigh myself dialogue. every morning. Yeah. The constant dialogue, the, oh, you're going on a diet. Maybe I'll do that diet. Oh, this is a new diet. Let me try. It's like that thing. Mm -hmm. But body peace is an experience of being in our body that feels respectful that feels supportive, that feels caring, that feels compassionate, that feels fun, that mm. feels pleasurable, yeah. right? That feels authentic, mm. that feels trusting, 
it feels like the kind of relationship you actually want to be with, with any other being in the world, of course. Right. And, and we deserve to actually have that kind of relationship with our own body. Mm, That's so powerful. That's so incredibly powerful. I've, I've never actually heard you explain it before. So I, I'm really enjoying the language that you're using. It points right to that place. You're in this like deep love of all the things that you love and even the challenges that you have with your own. We're not saying just be positive. We're saying no. love all the things that you love, the strength of your body, the fact that you know, you had babies, all of that. And also I don't like the way this looks and that's okay too. Right. Yes. We're not, we're and not that's, getting, yeah. Well, and that's sort of why I don't call my work body love. I feel like body love is aspirational for many women who have been in the struggle. Okay. Body love feels like I am going to look every day in the mirror and say, I love you body. And literally I tried that for 10 years. I tried to Louise Hay myself into loving yeah. my body. And all the mirror did was like laugh at me because it wasn't true. It wasn't a shifting right. relationship. It was, let me put an affirmation on top of my authentic feelings mm. of struggle with my own body. Mm. So what I find more powerful than going for the, we, I love all aspects which is okay. I'm at peace. Like, yes, I have had kids and my belly feels different. I have had surgeries and there are scars in more places than I wish there were. Yes. You know, my arms continue to wave when I wave, like, (laughs) yes. Do I have to love it all? No, I don't have to love it all, but I can appreciate it. I can respect it. I can come to peace with the fact that this is my body. It's And it's just like any real relationship, right? When we're in an authentic relationship, not every day is like, oh my gosh, you are just my dreamboat and everything you do is so perfect. That's not real life, no, right? Not. Real life is, wow, this is frustrating. How do we work through this? Real life is, oh, I'm really sad. How do I support myself? Real life is, I'm really angry. Real life is, I want this to change, right? That's real. We want to be in authenticity. Our culture sells us perfection on both ends. Mm. I'm going to love my body completely, or my body is a project and it needs to be fixed. I don't buy either one of them because neither one of them actually supports us in listening to our body or being in our body. Mm. Amazing. Okay. Yes. It feels really balanced and deep. Mm-hmm. It's and- deep. Sometimes it feels balanced. Sometimes it feels, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, some, it's not easy. It's not the easiest work in the world. It's not a like lose seven pounds in seven days kind of thing. No, it's, a it's complete, like, it's like yes, a life. we're in life. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do people work with you? Tell us so, about it. Yeah. yeah. So super fun. Uh, I work with women in different ways. Okay. Some women I work with individually. I also work with small groups of women in my programs, my body peacekeepers, and in larger groups of women in body peace seekers. And the best way just to even sort of get a sense of like body peace and getting started is two ways. One is go to my website, bodypeacewithnina.com, all one word. And there you'll find a journal. That journal has 20, it has a journal, a practicing body peace journal. And it has five of my poems, but even more important than the poems, it has 20 questions 
then I would ask you, if you were sitting with me, okay, how would you describe your relationship with your body? How did this come to be? How long have you been dieting? Like what's going on? Let's unpack this relationship so that we can start to do the healing work of it. So that's one place to get started. Okay. And the other place is I have an app, Body Peace app. So if you go on the app store or Google Play and search body-peace, you'll find my app. And there, there's a free class. It's the free Body Peace Masterclass. And in that, I really go into the depths of the different kinds of relationship that we have with our bodies as women mm-hmm. and how you can actually shift the relationship with your body. Oh, I want to take that. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Okay. And then you have group, group work and individual work from there. Yes. But that's a good yeah. start. Okay. It's what a is good a body start. Peace keeper? What is a body so, uh, keeper? That sounds. I know. So body peacekeepers, it's actually one of my favorite things. Mm. It's small groups of women, no more than 10 women. And it's a year long process. We meet every single week and really dive into the practices of feeling truly at home in your body. And we do the work of unpacking our body stories Mm. um, so that we can come to this place of like, oh, this is an authentic current relationship with my body. And I know how to nourish myself on the daily, Mm. not just with food. Yes, food, but nourish myself deeply. That sounds rich. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so rich because one of the things that I've experienced in working with groups of women is that so much of the shame that we carry, we carry so much shame with our body and someone will be like, you know, yeah, I'm really struggling. I've been doing the secret eating and people are like, yeah, yeah, me too. And then the shame just falls away. It's no longer this giant secret that, oh my gosh, the only way that I can enjoy a chocolate is like if I'm hidden away because I'm not supposed to be eating chocolate in public. And then suddenly like all the shame dissipates. You mean I'm not the only one? (laughs) Amazing things happen when women sit together. Mm. It's so true, right? So true. So is there anything, we have a couple more minutes that you feel is important to share around body peace, our relationship to our bodies, food, and how that relates to the sacred feminine. Yeah. And what, yeah. Anything else that you'd like to share about your path with the sacred feminine or your body of work and how it's informed or your own sacred practice? Like how, how would you weave those together for us? Yeah. Well, that's Huge a big topic. question. Yeah. Huge topic. The thing that I would say though, to sort of wrap it up. And the thing that I really want people to know is that if they're struggling, right, if you're struggling with your food, if you're hating your body, It doesn't have to be that way, right? Mm. And it's an obstacle to being who you truly are. Mm. And like, as you beautifully said, Catherine, it's our birthright. Yeah, It's absolutely our birthright to be fully who we are as women, as leaders, as carriers of such deep, unique wisdom. And if the struggle is right in front of your eyes all the time, it doesn't have to be that way. We can actually move it so that you can be in your body fully and do life and have that be like, "Mm -mm, I am not being weighed down. I don't have a leak in my gas tank all the time because I'm hating my body or hating what I just ate. Mm. 
It doesn't have to be that way. Doesn't. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. We get to be strong. We get to be in our body as it is, not if mm-hmm. and when, right? <laughs> I lose the weight or have the perfect body. Every word not- that you just said, <laughs> every word is radical, right? I get to feel good with my body as it is. Yes. Right now, as it is with the curves, with the rolls, with the stretch marks, with the waving arms, with the whatever the heck it is. Mm -hmm. There's no then when I get that body, then I get to be a leader. Then I get to be powerful. Mm -mm. Not at all. I get to be powerful now. Now. So it sounds like you're saying whatever you think you're going to feel when you get that perfect, whatever you actually, you actually can flip it. Yep. And, and, and invite yourself to feel it right now. Yes. Yes. And it's not a simple, and I'm going to invite myself and I'm just going to like that to me is like the same me, Louise Haying myself in the mirror. Uh I'm going to love myself. It takes work, but it is absolutely absolutely possible. We can reclaim. It's liberation work. It's deeply feminist. It is. I love it. It it is. Yes. Yes. Liberation through just being at peace with your body. This is a liberatory. Yes. Mm, I love it. Yeah, it is. And it is radical. Unfortunately, I wish it wasn't. I really wish it wasn't radical that we're at home and feeling comfortable and at ease and powerful in our own skin as it is at the age that we're in with the ability that we have. I wish it wasn't radical, Mm. but we have a culture in which women accepting their bodies is radical. Mm. And I want to invite women into that. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you so much for your work. Thank you Mm. so much for holding the space that this is possible. And being willing, because I know a lot of work goes into your ability to be that you, you are showing up as that, right? Mm. It feels like there's this beautiful tree that we could just come sit under and all enjoy what you have cultivated and are cultivating. Mm. And I know you're, you're on an edge always, you're always growing your work, right? So thank you so much for sharing your vision and your the practicality of it is so it's like, there's the vision and there's a liberatory work, but there's the practicality right here. Mm-hmm. And those two things feel just extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that you, you're using this in your own life. It shows, right. It shows. And there's no better leader yeah. than that. It's like showing right. up as the thing that we, we want to bring into the world. Right. Right. It's what we all do. Right. So beautiful. We do the work that we need to do. Catherine, thank you. Thank you for that reflection. And thank you for all that you do. You know, I think you're just like the (laughs) deepest, wisest, most fabulous. So exquisite. So thank you. That's it for this episode of Magnolia Leadership Podcast. Having you here is such a blessing. As a Magnolia woman, we are leading from our deep aligned power to bring our full bloom to ourselves and our gifts to the world. If you're inspired by this podcast, I invite you to share it with someone or leave a review. 
sign up for our newsletter or one of Magnolia Leadership's upcoming in-person or online offerings at magnolialeadershipco.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, so much love to you. Taking for-